0: Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 379 and I had a conversation with Daniel Edwards. Daniel is a seasoned human design analyst. What is human design, you ask? It is combining elements of astrology, the I Ching, Kabbalah, and chakra system to quote create a comprehensive map of your unique energy configuration offering insights into your strengths, challenges, and potential life path, unquote. Uh, It was really interesting uh, to talk to Daniel about this. He, of course, kindly did some of my chart on the show, which was fun and pretty accurate, I got to say. There was stuff he said I thought, yeah, yeah, that's definitely me. Uh, He's also the founder of DannyGuru.com and Human Design Advantage. He has a Rumble page, which can be found at Rumble pay, no wait, rumble.com I guess it is. Uh, under human design advantage and he digs into the charts of all sorts of well-known people. So that's really interesting just to see how that compares to how people present themselves and what their charts say. I don't know. I always find it all quite quite intriguing. All right, check out heyhumanpodcast.com for links and to learn more about my guests and the show, check out susanwoo.com to learn more about me and my other artistic endeavors and to see lots of interviews with me that other people did with me, I should say uh, for me or about me, I guess it'd be about me. Uh, Follow Susan Ruthism and Hey Human podcast on social media. Find my albums on all the musical places, Spotify, Apple music, Amazon, all those places Uh, rate review and subscribe to Hey Human podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It's super helpful, super important. I know it takes a few minutes and everyone's super busy, but my goodness, it is really helpful. So if you can take a moment, please rate and review the show. I appreciate it to no end. And thank you for listening. Be well, be kind, be loved, and stay healthy, yeah? Okay, here we go. Daniel Edwards, welcome to Hey Human.
1: Hey, how's it going, Susan? It's nice to be here.
0: It's going really well, and I'm glad to have you here. It's uh, You reached out to me on, I think it was on Instagram, yes?
1: It was. I found you because you had uh, done a podcast with Brandon, uh, Joe Williams, and I have watched every one of his videos twice. But I heard your style, and I just remember saying, oh, God, she needs this. I, I need to just... So it became a generated response, LOL. So
0: yeah, and by this you mean uh, what we're going to get into, which you yep. are a practitioner and facilitator, I would yep. say of something called human design indeed. can you indeed. explain what that is and how you came upon it? Is it something you've been doing your whole life or
1: it's no, no, it hasn't it. but it saved my life. So it was about maybe two thousand and eight or so. I had or eight or nine, I lose track now. I had just run into um, Somebody who practiced human design and I didn't give it much thought at, in the moment I thought it was interesting and I left it at that because I'm a busy little generator and uh, and then it didn't take long before I realized Waycent there's something to this and I, I went from sort of doubting it like hey I don't think we have this technology yet. I just I'm looking at your chart yeah. I just didn't believe we have that technology i'm like we don't know this yet this is beyond our capability and then it got revealed to me by my very first teacher and she said listen give me your children's information because she wanted to make a demonstration and i gave it to her and she started telling me about my kids and my jaw hit the floor Uh, and i needed it too i was having this terrible I've been so healthy my whole life everything was fine and then through uh, you know a a divorce that had gone on and some chaos i'm in the mortgage business you know that's my day job um and and it was hectic and this was around the time of the crash you know when everything fell apart and then anxiety came into my life and i didn't know what this was i'd never heard of i mean I, i didn't know and you know your heart starts tacking at you know 180 for no reason and you just don't know why that is and quickly i had to turn to medication and a talk doctor and then they put me on something that addicted my body and i didn't know um it wasn't their fault um the very first one then i got to another practitioner who was you know just she's been with me this whole time i love her but at the same time i didn't want to be there obviously you know who does and now i'm hooked on a medication I mean, my body needed it. And I was like, this can't be the end of this. This can't be right. I can't. This is no. I just it's remember
0: medication.
1: Alprazolam. it's a benzodiazepine, which I am still in the process of weaning off of. I am now down to like my weaning process is so regimented at this moment, like within a few months, I should finally be clear of it, maybe three or four months. and I'm real excited about that. I just remember this gut feeling of no, no, just no, it can't be and then human design came into my life and apparently i needed to know apparently the forces wanted me to get out and teach and you know my whole life i've been like a believer in god but we never went to church so i just you know did the normal thing if something's really bad you start you find jesus really quick or right or you know you pray to go please god please god you know and then and then you live because i took a lot of chances when i was little but um But then it started to come into my life and I started to realize I'm still not very religious, but there is some kind of creation going on. And and I realized the perfection of everyone's form. And I realized this stuff was baked into the process from the very beginning. And as soon as we were smart enough as humans to understand that, hey, we have a design. Everyone knows they're different. You're different. I'm different. No two people are the same. Maybe there's information that will keynote this that we can talk about and put names to things so people can truly know what they are and what they're not. Once I threw myself into human design, that was it. I was called and I, and I literally, I was in it, you know, full, full on. And I've been there ever since. Um, even last night I did. Four and a half hours with one gal, she she kept sucking information from me and I couldn't stop. And sort of like with you, remember, we had to stop when I read for you.
0: Yeah, it went on and on for sure. Uh, not in a bad way, just it's a lot mm-hmm. of information. Can no, you sure. give the boilerplate pitch of what human design is in the simplest of terms for people to understand?
1: Absolutely. So human design is the science of genetic differentiation. What it tells us is it tells us what we are and what we're not it shows up on a body graph and it maps out these things called codons 64 genetic codons are in our body it maps them out it gives them names and when i pull up your information i'm able to call out and speak in a language that is you and suddenly we start to see that you have a strategy and authority you have an imprinting that i can read anyone can read it if they study and do the work and you're always walk away understanding wow this is this is no longer astrology it's not astrology anymore. It's no longer any of the older sciences that were these esoterics that people don't. If you're smart, you'll you'll look into it, but you can't really make decisions with it. Human design comes along and it says, here's a practical way for you to make decisions as yourself, you know, period. and and suddenly you start to jettison the mind, which we call ego, I notice. it's in the spiritual community. it's very much called ego and mind and and we need mind. But we start to get rid of that for in favor of realizing who we are. So the short answer is human design is an imprinting of your differentiation, that which makes you different. It's super reliable and you don't even have to take my word for it. Just call it in and I'll demonstrate this for you. And next thing you know, you start to get yourself back.
0: And how does it work?
1: basically we needed our our we needed science to really get this thing down because we needed measurement of small things so how it works is uh the breath of stars we've always known we were stardust right and in that we've always known that we're connected we've always known this so what happens is the sun pours out these subatomic particles called neutrinos and these things are so small they rip right through speed at near the speed of light right through planets right through material they're pouring through all of us trillions per square inch per second are pouring through you and i and all of our listeners here and we can't see it you know we don't know what it is but our genome does the genetics in our body do so at the moment of our birth at the moment of separation from our mother the genome inside of our body does many things and one of them is is it picks up its differentiation it says oh there's this field of this tiny stuff pouring past us and it says it's different because i'm born at this time in this place and all the planets and everything is in a certain spot so as this neutrino ocean pours in on us the various planets you know they'll color it ever so slightly as mars will Treat that neutrino stream differently than will Jupiter or the Moon. It's slight difference. We can't tell what that is. You can't see it, but our genome does. And that's what it, it picks up the differentiation of what all of that is. Five minutes later, everything has moved. And the next kid born in that nursery is slightly different. We can read that difference. And it's it's stunning. Right down to about a minute or two's worth of difference. Once you get smaller than that, people end up with the same basically the same chart, but they still won't have the same life because they'll go home to different families <laughs> and they still need to be read as their own unique being. But with that kind of differentiation, you can start to see there's seven or eight billion of us on the planet and we're all different. We're all different. and. The thing about that whole date of birth thing hey what's your date of birth right that's cute that's fun to ask and then someone will look up an astrology charter they'll do a numerology thing based on your name and your date of birth and, all. and the science community treats that as again esoteric knowledge that you know they can't quite find a backbone for like they can our genome our genome is well mapped out you know we've got a backbone for that that's rooted in measurements we can see But they couldn't measure that stuff because, eh, you know, you get an astrology reading, it doesn't quite tell you everything about who you are and how you're going to make decisions tomorrow. If anyone's had an astrology reading, they do know, hey, those astrology guys, they were on to something because this person is describing me, right? Have you ever had your astrology read, Ms. Susan?
0: I have. I've had a Vedic astrology and general astrology that was quite, I say general meaning the overall of astrology, but it was specific to my time of birth and placement of mm-hmm. birth and all that. Who created human design? Where where does it come from originally?
1: Well, before I get to that, can I ask you a question about your astrology reading? Just one quick quickie. It's just and it's it's a general question. It's just So, each time you had it, if the practitioner was, you know, pretty intuitive, you noticed that you walked away with, oh my goodness, they're describing me.
0: Yes. I personally think if you dive deep enough, that's my own personal belief, that when you get the time of day, day, the birthplace and all that, that that you have to get that deep into it. And then it starts getting pretty interesting. There have been scientific experiments where they basically give everybody the same reading and they all say, oh my God, that's me. But of course, they're all different, but they think they've been given their own specific reading. Mm-hmm. So, I do think that we, our brains are programmed to find ourselves in things, especially yeah. when somebody says, this is you, you will latch on to things that feel similar, that that identify you. Because that's all we are, these beings trying to find an identity that's what yeah. was a lifetime doing um it's kind of like you, when i bought my scion every there were scions everywhere and I, I thought how i've never seen a scion before and now i see them in every single place right like, i mean that's a that's a true phenomenon so but that being said and my awareness of that being said i myself have received readings where they got so specific that it would right. seem hard to hand that to someone else and have them find
1: right right, right,
0: especially the v- the Vedic astrologer. He was actually a guest on Hey Human. He was able to see particular traumas that I had in childhood that nobody knew about at the time. Sure, and, sure. And so that was really interesting.
1: That's because those astrology guys they, uh, guys and gals, they were, they were on to something. What they were on to is if you take all of astrology, Vedic or otherwise, you'll realize there's this one principle. The principle is, hey, everyone seems to be made a little bit different in a way we can sort of read depending on where the planets are and where the stars are in the background. So on your, on your date of birth, there's a certain uh, you know, astrological zodiac in the sky in a certain place and then the other 11 zodiacs are also signs or where they're supposed to be and with that being said depending on where the planets are this seems to mean something to us humans what they were aware of is that the neutrino field that's pouring out the breath of stars we've measured this we have measured this since 99 we got it confirmed what they were aware of that this energy as it pours through it differentiates us And then 10 minutes later, it pours through differently because everything has shifted and it differentiates us differently. And that's what they were aware of. The only thing they couldn't do was they didn't have NASA. They didn't have our ability to tell us where Jupiter is to within a meter, you know, at an exact azimuth, at an exact degree in the horizon, you know, Literally, um
0: uh, Galileo did pretty good, sort of Copernicus, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah,
1: they great, they did. They just, but they, what I'm getting, you know what I'm saying. They didn't yeah, have the exact mass, they didn't have the exact uh, composition, makeup, all that stuff. So once we had all that, we realized that hey, it really is making a difference. Um, but back to your other question. So a man named Ra Uruhu. As often are these downloads, these revelations that come to the planet, they seem to come through a person. And so he was originally Robert Allen Krakauer from I think Montreal, Canada, and um, had a hard life. He was a manifester an ego manifester with a splenic definition. You don't need to know what that is. It's just a particular type. And he was getting angry all the time. And he finally had enough, blew his top, washed out of society, ended up on, on in a visa. He just took whatever money he had he he was fairly wealthy he wasn't loaded but he had he had enough and he took whatever his little suitcase of cash was whatever that was and he hightailed it out of society he just went dark in fact his family thought he had passed away that's how dark he went and he was on an island called Ibiza right outside of Spain middle or early 80s and then at some point in 1987 sort of like a bundle of consciousness basically took him over for eight days you can watch his uh youtube video about it it's called the encounter this is where the leap comes in because if i start with this with somebody who's scientifically oriented they're going to roll their eyes at me so i never start with that but it's this is his story who am i to say you know he delivered the knowledge and i've been using it we've all been using it ever since In 1987, somewhere around this, I think it was on the 2nd of January, from the 2nd to the 9th of January, 1987, Ra took a trip. Basically, he he didn't go anywhere else. He was on Earth. It's just that his body was taken over. It was literally taken over by what by what he referred to as a crystal bundle containing these crystals of consciousness. And it informed to infuse him with the knowledge over eight days and eight nights. At that point, or maybe shortly before, I don't know when he changed his name to Ra Uruhu, I assume it was after, he started to give this information out to the people that were local to him. He thought he'd gone crazy, but there he was with that experience. He started drawing it out and realizing, oh my God, this, this is us. I think he was chosen because he was a misfit, meaning he'd left society so no one would recognize, in case he didn't survive, no one would know. Um, he was also a denier he was a huge nihilist. He taught science. He was a, not a high level physicist, but he studied physics and he had his college degree in physics and math. And so he taught, you know, school and and junior high and high school and certain college classes. And as well as he did other things in life. And, um, and so I think he was chosen because he was a nihilist. He, he, he would deny stuff. He'd be like astrology, smology. What is that? You know, prove it prove it is what he would say to people and so when you turn a person like that they themselves get called into the fire they leap into that void and so because how how can they not I, i was like that too i was a bit of a nihilist and when it was shown to me i was like oh my god and i had to tell everyone you know um i was like you can't you can't be serious this is amazing From that came the knowledge, came the book, came the crowds of people that started coming, came the school, the International Human Design School. I never went to that school. They were too regimented for me. I studied, I studied through raw and through two separate teachers and on my own and came another three other schools and the human design Jovian archive, which pulls these charts and came scientific studies that showed that type is something that's consistent on this planet. And ever since then, you know, we've been growing readers, people who can read. There's nowhere near enough of us yet that can actually intuitively read proficiently and stay at it. So we're just hoping to grow the numbers. Nobody walks away from a human design reading. If we get to them saying that's BS, no, no no way. At the end of it, just like what happened with you, it's like, wow, okay, I guess there's something here and the goal is to get to the kids sooner or later when children are raised as according to their design they don't grow up with a chip on their shoulder unlike you and i we have hang-ups and the only way to get rid of them i don't know anyone who gets out alive everyone's got a hang-up and they got tons of them and their fears and their right and all the stuff that holds them back and their self-limiting beliefs and the mess inside our mind that's always talking right never shuts up human design deconditions us as adults out of that and the next thing you know after a few years within the first month or two you're starting to live out your design if you step into the experiment my job is to enter you into that experiment and to enter whoever gets read into that experiment and the next thing you know you start living out your nature and you start witnessing seeing is believing so when you witness oh my god i did that i consistently do that and that's not me the chip on your shoulder starts to go away. The hang up, the fear, the concern. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I I can't be certain. Will I ever find love? There's a good one, right? Love and direction. Um, I'm under too much pressure. I can't think all of these things that you think you think are you. They're not. And you find out that there's a chemistry inside your body that's giving you your new awareness and the chemistry inside your body is telling you the truth. And it's aware. It revealed the second consciousness, this duality that we've always had. We call it a gut feeling, by the way, and we know that gut feeling. It tells us amazing things once in a while, right? That gut feeling that says, oh, don't go here, go there, whatever it is, and it steers us once in a while, and it saves our bacon, but we don't give it any credence. We don't give it real credence like we can depend on it.
0: I don't think we talked about my love life in ours. I don't think we oh, got. No. To that. Yet. If, you, if,
1: if you recall, <laughs> when I sent you your recording, right? No. And we should, uh, when I sent you a recording, if you recall, I usually write on there because I say, this isn't a reading, this is class. And I said, Hu- human design an- or, or foundational analysis, one of two or one of three, but there's another session coming um, your way and or two or three. Um, usually three will do it and it gets you fully into everything. And then. I have to stick around to help coach people through the process. So, because they really want to get to their kids if it's their parents, because they see what happens. Their kids start self-doubting themselves over things that aren't them when just a few years earlier at three, four, and five, they were still so perfect that just wasn't there. And intuitive parents start to realize, oh, my child is coming across these. I don't want them to have that, but they don't know how to stop it. Mm -hmm. until they get the owner's manual which shows them exactly what their child is and isn't so I forget how old you are but I'm 57 and when I was young I remember the book was Dr. Spock my mom had that book Uh, everyone in the neighborhood had Dr. Spock's how to raise your child book Uh, and then there was another one a few people have come along how to raise your child and you know that boomed and got big and I can point to your child's differentiation and show you the owner's manual to your child that supersedes any book that you could ever get. Not that people who write books aren't intuitively clear on certain things that are wicked important. Take it in. It's true. Take that in. But get the owner's manual and get the foundational information as to what that really is. If you're a couple and, you know, if there is a love life, if there's a special other in your life, shoot me his information. We'll look up his chart and I'll put you two guys together. And suddenly through the mechanics of the human design body graph, I can tell you where you struggle. What's not wrong with your partner that you might get a little annoyed with and tell him the same about you. I've never met two people that are like, we're in love only. <laughs> right? Have you? I've never met that, Um, you know. No, no problems here ever. <laughs> I've never met that. So
0: give an example using my chart of something that you.
1: look at it right here. Facilitated
0: or ascertained.
1: Uh, oh, this. I love this ego definition that you have, Susan. Remember, I would have pointed out to you at some point that there's a warrior spirit inside of you. You're aware of you're willing to take risks and jump into things. And, and there goes Susan. She's just hopping into the thing. And I would have pointed out how you can't help but to be called into certain things. When the calling comes, you hop up on your white horse and you're out telling everyone, and they can't shut you up. They can, they, and if they try to, you move on to the next. This is a very specific, not everyone else has that. I would have pointed out the struggle nature of this uh, this channel, of uh, it's called the channel of struggle, but it has everything to do with stubbornly being yourself. So when someone comes along and tries to tell Susan to be different, Susan can't. He can't hear it. But you've seen many people fall to other folks telling them how to be, and then they start to self doubt and and question it. And you recognize long ago that that's not true. You can't help it. That you know, Susan, I need you to be this way, and you'll be like, oh, no, maybe. What What are you talking about? Oh, and then pretty quickly it's no, absolutely not. And I would have pointed out this. Um, identity of yours that has this warrior spirit that loves to leap. Let's leap into the thrilling thing and a sadness that comes when there's nothing new, nothing new under the sun, nothing exciting, no exciting. And suddenly there's a melancholy that rips through your body. This is a genetic process, by the way, it's meant to make you smarter. And that melancholy is I'm sad because there's nothing new under the sun. I can't tell if it's new and exciting and I'm starting to feel insignificant. And that's when the warrior spirit is willing to take a chance again and leap into something new. Last, I would have pointed out, as a projector, you're a projector type. So you can be prone to overdoing it sometimes. You yeah. have to learn your own rest reward cycle. You'll have to go into your hermit shell and, and you have this incredible hermit thing that you just get away from everything and you just hermit yourself. And I probably would have described to you how that's a self-protective measure that keeps you free of the influence of others. As soon as they try influencing you, you just go in your room, close the door, bye. Uh, When you were young, if your parents said, oh, you're being punished for sending you to your room, I would have pointed out that that wasn't a punishment. You could find yourself entertained with, you know, blocks on the floor. It, It just wouldn't have mattered. You could have been counting stitches in the rug if you got Suddenly doing that, the next thing you know, your one-hour time out went by like nothing, and that was common for you. What else would I have pointed out? I mean, these would have been the big things that I would have pointed out. I wouldn't have been able to get to everything, so you're still doing another read.
0: Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I do think that I have come across people that have tried to change my base personality. Mm -mm, mm -mm. I, I definitely rebelled against that. I am very open and non-judgmental and curious, so it has it has little to do with how I perceive the world. It's about how the world perceives me.
1: Right, and their perception of you is not your problem.
0: It has been a process of learning about myself to not allow what other people think of me to get in my head.
1: No, and it's important. I'm looking at your incarnation cross, this cross of the unexpected and this is where you find yourself unexpectedly influential where you have it's like oh my god how that happened that's a path that you can count on continuing to happen it's something that just happens and you are a very tribal being when it comes to finding out what does and doesn't work as it relates to the support and the nurture of the principles that are going to guide the tribe so it finds you you have a trajectory that's always going to be in service of support to in supportiveness to people I love this cross of the unexpected because what it says is I'm willing to take a risk for what I care for. And when I do unexpected things take place, like you'll map out, Oh, X, Y, and Z, but that ain't what happens. Is that, is that true?
0: Yeah. I would say that's accurate. Yeah. I think unexpected things happen all the time, which is delightful and bizarre. I mean, I'm left scratching my head on many occasions, wondering how Mm -hmm. something came to be. Well, let me
1: ask you, what was it when we were done with our session? I, I remember because it by the time an hour and a half or two hours goes by, people get tired, you know. I yeah, get it's
0: that. a lot to take in.
1: It is, it is, it is. But somewhere, you know, afterwards or at some point in time, you had some kind of takeaway. Well, you probably had some takeaways from that. Do you remember the sense of when I was reading for you? Do you remember any sense you had of 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 sure. wow?
0: It felt grounding. It felt grounding in in that the the things that you said you have to be aware of our struggles that I've had in life, certainly. And then the things that you said that I am steadfast to and really grounded in, those things were very true. And what I feel about my place in the world, that that I have moments of melancholy where I think, what's the point of any of this? Mm-hmm. You know, they, the rest of the world seems to be really contented in being where it is instead of moving to the next level whatever that means
1: right you know I don't know so
0: it is a a conundrum
1: so it's interesting it is it is well we don't get to know what's next that's for fortune tellers and and, and maybe psychics of some sort I I don't know I don't I might have that in me I'm not aware of it but um
0: I think it comes from my own exhaustion though I think what happens is I push myself so hard in so many different directions that I think my brain falls out and I have to scoop up my brain, not talk to anyone for 24 hours and, and right. celebrate.
1: Right. No, I totally get it. And you do. And it's important. So yeah, so you came away with a sense that there's that you were getting information. When we do round two, I'll get into these open centers that are in your body graph to show you why that busy brain of yours trying to solve the mystery and come up with the formulas that you want to explain. I'm keynoting you right now, aren't they they're not paramount. These are aspects in you that are only intermittent have you noticed this giant mystery solver that's in you it's like there's a mystery there's a mystery there's a mystery and suddenly in some pulse of a moment the mystery gets solved and if it doesn't get solved it drives you crazy have you? Have, and have you?
0: Which is why, in my downtime, well, this is going to make you laugh. But in my downtime, I love to listen to murder mysteries and whodunits and Sherlock Holmes, and I get the Christies because, oh. I, I, and I figure it out about halfway through or the very, you know. And I love, I'm like, oh, I know who done it. Then I get to wait to see if I'm right. Right, and, right. And For some reason, that relaxes. How,
1: how do you make out? Do you get you, you right half the time or more, around or about?
0: Oh no, I'm always right.
1: Always oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Uh, it's no surprise. It's absolutely no surprise. Um,
0: like, I'm looking forward to the relationship one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can tell you this just about dating in general, because you and I have the same profile. It is a bonding strategy. So there's 12 profiles in human design. And that means uh, every the planet is busted up into 12 sections. So what would that be about? Half a billion people per profile, a little, little more. And there's a, there's a very specific um, bonding strategy. And for you and I, it's shyness before boldness. And then and then it's confidant or not. Our mate must be our confidant. And that's hard to find because it means friends first. Yeah, friends
0: first and a deep trust that you are, uh, that what you say stays within the relationship.
1: Confidant or not. That's the keynoting. They are a confidant. I mean, conf- that's the... That's inherent in the term. So uh, when I read human design for you, if anyone gets their design read and we do this analysis, it's keynoting, meaning words. And suddenly, by the end, I'm speaking in a language that is you. And that's what we did with, you know, with you. And when we get to the second session that will happen. Shyness before boldness is something that's easy to flip around accidentally when you're younger and our hormones are raging, right? I mean, we're all it's young. Always,
0: it's definitely always been me, shyness before boldness. And I will, when I tell people I'm shy, they are shocked because in every other aspect of my life, I will talk to any stranger, anytime about yeah. anything. Yep. Yeah. When it comes to my heart, it uh, I am a very slow burn.
1: hmm It's supposed to be that way well so i grew up in the late 70s and 80s and that meant that you know there was still all that macho dude conditioning in my life but you know not my fault that's what i grew up in and so i was under great pressure to you know be all studly and manly and all that stupid stuff so i lost track of shyness before boldness but that's what i wanted and the thing is but i didn't know that and i thought that that was like made me look somehow you know whatever like i had to fit in so i I felt i felt prey to the peer pressure and lo and behold nothing worked out (laughs) ever because i was bold first you know um even though i was shy going in i'd have these incredible nerves for all i know that was part of my anxiety later in life these little anchors negative anchors i threw into myself that weren't me and that's why we want to get to the parents to get to your kids so that they can know what's the scoop you know what i mean so you can treat your kid According to their design, you're a projector. I would have counseled your parents. Make sure you're recognizing, you know, your child. They need recognition. Don't worry about the generators. They just need, they need some walls around them so that they don't run out into the road too easily. Your projector needs mental stimulation. They need to master little systems, little ones at first, bigger and bigger. And you need to literally stop what you're doing. No multitasking when they come to you so that they feel recognized. If you do this religiously, and invite them in because invitation is the thing that feeds the projector. Um, me, as a generator, I have to wait to respond. I don't get to know anything until I'm reoriented as a responder to it. And I was taught to initiate all the time. No, go out and do it and make it happen. Oh, no. Oh, no, that made me sick. It'll make every generator not have a not-self life. But for you, if your parents had known these few key things they would and had taken it to heart, they would plant themselves squarely in your face, put down their thing whatever they're doing and be like sweetie what is it and you'd feel recognized you'd intuitively feel the love because parents love their kids right and and they're supposed to so let's let's pretend everything's perfect in that case but you would have felt that recognition and by the time you were 14 between 14 and 18 you would have never accepted anyone coming into your life that didn't do that for you we would have trained you and conditioned you from a young age to be like this is how it's supposed to be so now when people don't do that you'd be able to wreck it you're Projectors are here to recognize everything. You're recognizers. You recognize when we're burning up too much energy. You recognize when you're being recognized. You recognize when people are, aren't are recognizing you, but they're trying to sort of just get you for something, you know, and sort like of- They're
0: trying to take advantage, yeah. Take
1: advantage. You recognize that, you know, relatively quickly. Um now I
0: do. I didn't in the beginning, but now right,
1: I do. Right, because you weren't raised according to your design. Had you been, all of these things would have come much quicker. and. And had I been, I would have waited to respond more. So I wouldn't have jumped into every last stupid thing that came along thinking I had to prove how cool I was. You know what I'm saying?
0: It's very fascinating. I, I think that I know for me, I really enjoyed the first part of the human design reading you did for me. And I look forward to the other parts. I'm sure people listening, there are those who will be rolling their eyes. That's fine, of course. For those people who are rolling their eyes, I almost challenge them just to do it to see because that's kind of fun, too. It's fun to not believe in something and then dig into it and just see where it takes you. That
1: was me in the beginning.
0: Yeah. So tell people how they might find you. I don't
1: even mind. I give out my phone number. You can text me. Just don't write too much of a book, but it's 413-246-5652. If you want this, then I I want you. I want to give it to you. So I'll, I'll generate the energy for that. I have my personal Instagram. Before I sort of set up one that I I tried to, you know, get as a more business one. But Danny Guru HD on Instagram or Human Design Advantage. So that's the one where I have a website, Human Design Advantage. YouTube is where we do the most stuff, and um and uh, you can text me or or Instagram is where I'm most likely to see your message faster. Texting is where I'll see your message for sure quickly. Even my email is Danny G at dannyguru.com.
0: D-A-N-N-Y-G-U-R-U. Yep.
1: yep. Thanks. Thanks for that. I would have rolled right past that. Thanks for recognizing that.
0: I'll put links on heyhumanpodcast.com that will directly take people to you and, and your work. Mm. It's really interesting. I think anytime there's people on the planet helping others understand who they are and why they are, then that's a good thing. So...
1: Human design is is a scientific knowledge. It's empirical. You can see it for yourself. It is based in our genome, and it's it's left the field of the esoteric. Uh, it can be proven to the person just by witnessing it, and it's it's baked into all of us. So that's my pitch for anyone who's a doubter. And if you're not a doubter, yeah, call it in. I want to read for you. I want you to have it. Thank you
0: mm-hmm. so much, Daniel. I really appreciate it, and thank you for listening, everybody.
1: You bet. This is great.
0: Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you.
1: No, this is great. I loved it. I love being here with you. you. You bring the best out of me. You did last time and you do now. I appreciate you.
0: Oh, that's very kind. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Toodaloo. Rate, review, and subscribe to Hey Human Podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks. Bye.